Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Sandra Winka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So you know how there is always a day and a podcast in the first week of every Grand Slam where we all say this was the day that this tournament came alive. Well, today was the day (laughs) that Wimbledon came alive and lo and behold, it was day one. And that's quite rarely the case, I think, but... Are we all unanimous that today was the day? Yeah, and I would say it is very specific to the fact that this is the first Wimbledon in two years. I It just feels to me that it was inevitable. Oh, I don't feel that way. I feel like today would have stood up, stood up without that. Well, yeah, it probably would. But the fact that it's the first day... I don't know. It's I just an, it's an enhancer, sure. Mm. I, I I was sitting there feeling quite emotional on centre court during Andy Murray's match and everything else that was going on, um, and looking around at the crowd and seeing the involvement and the I don't know everything. Everything just felt right to, about it to me. Yeah, we need to not have another year without Wimbledon. (laughs) (laughs) That was clear from today. Um, I think I was surprised by how normal it felt. I I think for me, once there were, you know, a large number of fans in the stadium, um, a large number of fans in the grounds, great matches then it was inevitable that it was going to be great because it was the first day of Wimbledon for two years I thought there was a possibility it could be a bit flat terrible weather maybe none of the matches would catch fire but that absolutely wasn't the case and it was it was kind of lightning in a bottle at the end of the day everything was just well that's but that was at the end of the day so much great momentum early on I did think it was weird Mm. If yeah. if you weren't on and, centre court, and there speaks a man that didn't spend two hours in a rainy queue. Well, there spends a man who was sitting on five live, waiting to talk on the radio <laughs> for five hours before doing anything because <laughs> there's nothing to talk about unless you were on centre court. Um, and then suddenly they 
they drafted me and unannounced into Novak Djokovic against Jack Draper for set three and four, which was bloody great fun. Um, but yes, I think you guys had a bit of a more uh, dispiriting it, it was of hours. <laughs> it wasn't an epic start to our Wimbledon comeback, I, I must, would say. I must say, I think it demonstrates how good the end of the day was yeah, that, that suddenly, I'm not still raging about yeah, the morning. I expected to, to to spend this whole podcast talking about the horror of our morning spent queuing, and I'll only talk about it for another sort of ten or so minutes. That's how good the rest of the day was. <laughs> year without a queue and year without paper tickets, mm. and we did both of those things today. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Isn't that just, though, credentialed duo put in the queue and suddenly realising this isn't actually that great? <laughs> no, it is no. not. Are you asking us to check our queuing privilege, David? <laughs> yes. No, honestly, there were lots and lots of problems with the yeah. new ticketing system. We encountered system. numerous stewards on the verge of tears today. Oh yeah, and yeah. lots of people who had used the My Wimbledon app to try and share a ticket with someone else and there were issues. They, they'd had to set up a ticket resolution queue yeah, the, and hundreds of people were Resolution queue? Res- what is a resolution queue? I've, I've never been in one before. Do I need a resolution? What do I need a resolution for? Are you going to solve all my life problems? It was, it was, a, <laughs> it was a challenging morning and, uh, yeah, it was all worthwhile. Totally. But, but there were moments when it felt like it could never be worthwhile. Despair was widespread. Yeah. Uh, I, just having been on the other side of it, I remember the first day at Queen's the other week, it, it felt like nothing was going right. And then it started to go better. And I suspect they it'll sort itself out. But I mean, yes. Yeah. And, I, and actually, once we were in and I was soaking up the atmosphere, I felt a difference it it did feel different to your standard Wimbledon crowd on day one mm. or on a day that isn't an an occasion like a middle Sunday there was really passionate tennis fans mm. in that crowd and that is uplifting to know that passionate tennis fans have got their hands on these tickets I mm. think it, it certainly felt like that around the grounds today i wonder how easy it will be to put the genie back in the bottle next year in Mm. that regard in terms of a slightly more democratic i I know there are some people that think the queue is fantastically democratic won't go into the details of that debate now but yeah it'll be interesting to see whether there is a total reversion to the to the norm well they've already said they will have the queue back but i i'm I feel that they will take the best bits of their experience this year where they've, when they've been forced to do other things and, for instance, the on-court interview and they'll end up retaining it, I, I, mm. I would imagine. By the way, you know how you said it felt really normal? I think one of the reasons it felt normal was because 7,500 people, for instance, in centre court were moved forward and they weren't socially distanced, which... It's quite jarring to look at, I felt. Yeah, and um, we had a conversation with a steward, didn't we, yes. about why that was the case, because we were commenting on it, and I think all of us were expecting 7,500 in centre court to be socially distanced. Or, or else, why bother limiting the yeah. numbers? and he yeah. said, well, it's 
it's a trial event, it's a test event. That, so he said that was always the plan. It was always yeah. the plan to do it this well, way. Well, I, I, I asked the same question of the the press office, um, and and they said the same thing, and that um, because it's full capacity final weekend, they felt that it's important that spectators were able to sit in the best possible seats in centre court and they were pre-assigned um, um, and that's that's how they decided to do it. I mean, I mean, sure, but then why bother limiting capacity at all? Right. It is, I mean, I think they were made to, if, I suppose. Uh, but but I, yeah. I do agree with you. It, if they're all bunched together, what difference it, it, does it make? In, in, yeah, especially when the, it's the, indoors. The, um, couple of the, of the test matches... Uh, staged in India on uh, England's uh, tour there a few months ago, a couple of months ago, um, they uh, the England the uh, the Indian government stated that there could only be fifty percent capacity, but then <laughs> the owners of the stadiums just blocked out fifty percent of the seats, so the fifty percent capacity were all in one side of the stadium and just mm-hmm. completely completely made a mockery of the whole thing but anyway um look um, it, it was jarring to see um but if fingers fingers crossed that there are no covid implications for it it was wonderful to see yeah i mean um, it, it, and, that, and that's the thing isn't it and because the, the the back 10 rows or whatever on center court were all in the dark anyway because mm. they're underneath that roof so it just felt like a normal pretty full mm. crowd and i mean the noise and particularly given the stories they had to get into mm. and and the slightly different feel to the crowd as well it just felt wonderful really the reason i say that i don't think it was necessarily i mean obviously the whole thing was enhanced by the situation that we're all in wimbledon not being on last year everything that goes along with that but the three matches and the three stories that took place on centre court today those would hold up and stand up as an all-time great oh yeah day first day of a slam anywhere anytime I just feel almost a little bit I know it sounds ridiculous because I believe in logic and reality but it felt like it was almost supernatural to me that, that this was just going to happen because of because of everything that's going on it just felt all fitted together to me jet draper definitely read the script didn't he of uh you're on there's no other tennis on i know court one was in action but arena sabalenka was busy absolutely destroying monica nicolescu so it was like we're gonna throw you on jack draper to take on everybody's nailed on favourite to win the title. Good luck. Please, could you create some kind of spectacle for us all? <laughs> and he did that before he even started hitting tennis balls. Totally rose to the occasion. He comes out of the tunnel. He's pumping his fists at the crowd to get them wound up. He's he's <laughs> eyeballing Djok- Djokovic at the net during the coin toss. It was really something to behold. It was like watching a boxer eyeballing an opponent. And then he hits him in the practice, in the knock-up, with a serve, in the in the stomach. Um, sort of apologised, but also had a smile on his face. Um, and then he takes it to Djokovic and <laughs> wins the first set 6-4. I mean, it was amazing, really. Um, and yeah, I, I thought he handled himself really well. And I also thought Djokovic just hit his stride mm. at a point and just, it was like a race car, just accelerating away. 
it, yeah, that match will be good for Djokovic in the end, I think. I mean, it, it, the sit-down after losing that first set, he had he he was swirling with uh, an internal inferno, Novak Djokovic, and he just decided, no, we're not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's win the sets now, and lo and behold, he did. But Jack Draper did not give up. I was... I was impressed with Jack Draper at Queens. Uh, he's shown me something again today. I'm, I'm really impressed with him. I, I, there's a lot more about him than I than I realised, for sure. Yeah, totally. I, I will echo what I said at Queens. The challenge now is mm. doing this. Not at Queens. Not at Wimbledon. On those stages. It's, In the middle of nowhere. When it's hard and nobody's watching, yeah. and it's forty degrees and everything else, and look, there's from, not many points. And from what we've seen, I think he, I think he probably can. It, it might not be easy straight away, but he's certainly got something about him, hasn't he? Um, I read that Djokovic hit twenty-five aces or something yeah. today, and just had an he, incredible he, serving. He hit a game at the end of the third set. He hit a game full of aces. Wow! And they would, it was like he was setting up ball cans and just knocking them over in the corners of the service box. I think that's such an underrated mm. shot in tennis. Novak Djokovic's serve. Yeah, the recent way, years. The way he places it, the since, way he gets three points. Goran came on board. I mean, I don't want to put it all down to Goran, but he's the one who put a massive emphasis on that shot. Mm. Mm. It, it, I mean, that... There were stressful moments for for Djokovic. There is stress there. I just I, I I do agree with you that he just won't let it get the better of him this tournament. But there is intense stress. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, he's a, he's an in, extreme competitor anyway. He was internal. What I enjoy about him is there are different versions of him. He was internalizing all of it for quite a while, trying to. Why ride the waves? And the moment he broke through, I don't, I can't remember. I think in the third set, when the moment he broke through and got what he wanted when he was under a bit of pressure, he just erupted with celebration, and and it was great to see actually because he was mm. being pushed in that moment, and yet he's he he found the answer and then whoosh. So staying with centre court, <laughs> we've seen at this point we've seen not an upset, but. A surprisingly great match to kick things off. And then we do get an upset. Or was it an upset if you take into account the fact that we, we all knew that Petra Kvitova had an ankle injury? I totally forgot she'd had that thing where she fell off the step at the, the media thing. At, mm. uh, at yeah, French but then Open. she did reach a final since then. And yeah. she is a two-time Wimbledon champion. I, so I've, I have... Disgraced myself today with predictions. I mean, I I really did think there was a moment today when Petra Kvitova, who I've said everybody will win the title, and who's out on the first day, uh, and also Yannick Sinner lost. I'd got him in my quarterfinals. There was a moment where I just thought I'd quite like to just withdraw <laughs> because I'm I feel so embarrassed. It's it's just pathetic. <laughs> Is it okay, Matt, to just 
just to give Davison Company throw you under the cavit of a bus as well. Oh yeah, I copied Pam Shriver and put. Oh, you oh, just stroke it Pam final. Shriver's fault, is it? We're all under the bus oh, here. Come Pam. on, Pam, join us. Can't wait to see you next week, Pam. Uh, here's Matt. Um, I didn't see much of the match. I saw bits here and there, but I'm very much here for Sloane Stevens being a thing on grass. I don't think I've ever seen her play on grass before. Yeah, she's. It was. It was kind of special, actually, to see her on centre court because it mm. felt like a stage on which she belongs. Yet, a stage I've never seen her grace before. I mean, I think she probably has played on centre, but I can't remember it. And she certainly hasn't in recent years. And I thought she was exceptional. Just a, such a smooth, what was she doing? controlled performance. I mean, mainly returning like Novak Djokovic. I mean, putting returns back at Petra Kvitova's feet which she is not comfortable with at all. And yeah, just there was just this control about her, this calmness. It was such a clean, clinical performance. Um, and yeah, she. I've just been reading some of her press conference transcript and she's got real perspective now, I think, on her career and she understands that you are going to have ups and downs and she's had probably as many as any top player would. And I think she's getting better at managing them and waiting for her tennis to come back. And she knows that it is, it's there. You know, there were great signs in Paris. And here again, she started this tournament well. And it's just, it's just great to see her mm. kind of glowing like that. Yeah, I feel like those, the, is it the ebb or the flow that's the, the good bit. Oh, we've had this conversation before, haven't <laughs> well, we? Whatever the the peak is, is just. Why would either of them be bad? Never, n- just never happened to coincide with when Wimbledon is before, mm. and it it just might be. Um, and she's so so often what inexperienced players, or more often than not, what inexperienced players on grass fall down on is the movement. It's not the speed of the court. It is the it's the movement. Um, see Stefano Sitsabas, who we'll talk about in a moment. And I just feel like Sloane Stevens moves so easily mm. and fluidly and effortlessly that she could, you know, she, she could, could be play on, tennis on anything. She could be on quicksand. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like Mary Carrillo's line about John McEnroe would, would win lunar tennis. Um, mm. I feel like Sloane Stevens can can move on anything. So look out, she's coming. Got to back it up there, isn't she? Mm. You know, we've had this before where she wins one or two and yeah. then runs into a Barbora Krejcikova. Mm. Yes. Well, let, let her enjoy the moment, David. I mean, I'm in no fit state to talk about anybody backing up anything, am I, um, really? Let's be honest. Look, we, we obviously will talk about Andy Murray. His was the match next on to centre court and it, it's the one that we're all still kind of basking in the 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 buzz of I suppose um, but while Sloane Stevens was beating Petra Griffith, Stephanus Sitsipas 
was over on court number one, losing in three straight sets to Francis Tiafo. My semi-finalist, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think our all of our, our collective semi-finalists, oh, who we all have said we've got our doubts about, and yet we... <laughs> And we all agreed that was a tough draw. We did and sit yet- here last night trying to trying to sort of talk ourselves into picking him to lose, and all of us agreed yeah. that he wouldn't. I just thought Sitsipas <laughs> has become such a good tennis player that even if he's still adapting to the grass, his just general tennis level will mm. be enough to take him through this draw. But I was totally wrong about that look I think there's a lot going on in Sitspass's life at the moment his his grandmother has just died he's just Mm. lost a really heartbreaking French Open final that can take a while to get over he's probably not in the best place mentally or emotionally just now but I think this match more than anything felt like a real reminder that he's got a long way to go on grass. Mm. I think, look, in my mind, I've I've grown up in the in the big three era and the Serena era, and I am accustomed to top tennis players going from clay to grass, making the transition and making it seem pretty easy. But actually, you look at Sitsipas and you realise. My goodness, clay amplifies all of his strengths and grass negates them all. I think the movement is a huge part of that. Defending, he he doesn't trust himself to defend on grass, so he sort of tries to attack everything. And then the return of serve, he just can't do it on the backhand. He just cannot Mm. do it. On the forehand, he was okay. He was hitting some, blocking some nice forehand returns and it was okay, but in the backhand... No good at all. And I must say, I thought Francis Tiafoe was outstanding. And not outstanding in the way he so often is, which is sort of dazzling tennis and athletic tennis. It was all of that, but it was also really smart tennis. It's often for a set, isn't it, with him? Mm. Yeah, and you're expecting the errors to start coming, and they never did. And he honed in on the Sitsipas weakness, that backhand, a number of times... He hit it to the Sitspass backhand, knew he was going to get a slice and came in and finished it at the net. It was so simple, such a clear strategy, and yet he just executed it perfectly. We, we had that, that, that wonderful moment when you were in court one watching this mm-hmm. and you were absolutely wrapped up in it. Catherine was on the hill watching <laughs> Draper and Djokovic and you were feeling like a fan. Mm, and, and you hadn't been in that position for such a long time and I was commentating on it uh, <laughs> in the five live commentary box in Centre Court and we just had all these different vantage points of these these occasions and it was really really just a great day in that way at that point that was it was, it was the ultimate yeah and the crowd were a big part of this win I thought because you know, it takes something, I think, to be the crowd favourite when you're playing Sitsipas. He's mm. he's a guy who connects with crowds and there's so much to love about his game. And yet, right from the start, it was... They got him, didn't they? They really Tiafoe. got Tiafo, yeah. and it was him who was the crowd favourite. Mm. And, he, he, and looked, he knows how to work a crowd as well. Yeah, he looked like a teenager again, Sitsipas, today. It was... 
sulky and so confused. Brooding. Yeah, it was. It was why? Why is the stuff that I was doing two weeks ago not having the same effect that it did two weeks ago? Is he not adjusting? Is he not trying to to change Uh, much? He didn't look to be to meet. I mean, look, it was one match. Had he found a way to squeak through that, he might have been able to regroup, reassess, and make some adjustments for the next match. But he looked too at sea to me to be making to be clear-headed enough to make those adjustments. And and you you might well be right, Matt, just about the mental space he's in and the emotional space. I mean, he could be really suffering Mm. a bit at the moment. But I do think just generally in a practical sense how he is going to be able to learn grass court tennis when he's so focused on maximising and he's going to be contending for years at the French Open. Mm. There's Mm. so rarely going to be a lot of time for him to get ready. Yeah, I completely agree. That is going to be a dilemma, I think, for him going forward. Does he he play warm-up events to Wimbledon on grass if he's gone deep at the French Open? I think this year was slightly different, wasn't it? Because there was... There was one week less on grass in the calendar, so maybe he can normally sneak in one. But it's it's not a lot of time, is it, to make make I think quite big adjustments. Mm. Yeah, yes, it 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 depends how committed he is to it. I Mm. I suspect he will at some stage in his career completely commit to conquering grass, but it it's going to take more than just a few little tweaks. Um, by the looks of things today. But yeah, Tiafo was just such a crowd pleaser it's today. It's nice to see that, mm. isn't it? That he has found his way again. And then, and he, he plays with a smile on his face. He plays with joy when, he he's, when he's like that. Mm. And he makes you feel joy watching him. Mm. Yeah, totally. I've I've been really umming and ahhing throughout his career about how good he could be. Mm. I mean, honestly, I... Sometimes I look at him and think, well, there are some technical deficiencies. I'm, you know, I'm no expert, but his forehand just looks funky. And Sometimes is it going to hold look at up? Him and go, this doesn't look right. Yeah, exactly. It's that <laughs> yeah. feeling. And yet you watch him today and you think, well, sky's the limit. And mm. he said, I've, I've scratched the surface of my potential, were his words in his on court interview it afterwards. It is definitely working with Wayne Ferreira, isn't it? Yes. I think there are, there are, a great sort of collaboration that I, th- I I mean we know Wayne a little bit from the Champions Tour I mean you know him from the the tour days I guess David the tour yeah. tour True. Um, but he's both sort of really uh, got a relaxed energy but he's also quite a disciplinarian yeah. I think he's got he's got hard lines I think you know he's he's got Tiafo spending a lot less time on his phone on social media. I think there have been times when he's actually taken his phone off him, you know, with Tiafo's consent. Like he's up for it and he acknowledges the the time that it's taking up in his life, um, and the energy. But I I know he's had a few coaching collaborations for Aaron and with, you know, varying degrees of success, but I've always felt like he just needs to find the the right one for it to work. There's a really good coach in there and and this this could be it. So really interesting really interesting partnership. We um we stayed on court one or rather I went from the hill onto court one 
um, for the the match that followed that one, which was Igor Svantec and Suwei Shea. In terms of in terms of the matchup that we hoped it might have been, it never quite caught fire. But I realised that that was the first time I've ever seen Igor Svantec play live, um, and she's really really good. <laughs> That was my takeaway from it. She is darn tooting good at tennis. <laughs> yeah, and she was one of these players who you looked at in this draw and thought, well, they could go really far or mm. they could still be learning grass. And we got a little insight into it in Eastbourne last week. I watched her play Heather Watson, where she looked very uncomfortable on the grass. And then... She played a great set, didn't she, against Kasatkina and then got thrashed. So I was really unsure, but this was this was a really good performance, I think, from her. She she never got caught in Shay's web. Mm. She just didn't allow the chaos to happen. She ended yeah. the points before Shay was doing her thing. You know, there were occasional nice flashes from Shay, of mm. course there were, but really it was about Sviontek imposing herself. And just, yeah, just clinically winning that match. Very, very impressive. I, I thought she looked really comfortable. It was the sort of performance that made me think, why on earth didn't I have her in my quarterfinals? Mm. Well, I mean, obviously I should have had her in my quarterfinals. But then, you know, France looked really great in the group stages, didn't they? <laughs> I'm just, can we move it along? I don't want to talk about the quarterfinals. Yes. Or anything like okay. that. Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right.
Should we talk about Andy Murray? Yes. Then David and his four set win over Nicolas Basilashvili, his first singles match at Wimbledon with a metal hip, his first singles win at Wimbledon with a metal hip, his first singles match at Wimbledon since that loss to Sam Querry. 1,464 days ago. There's a man who's said that on the radio. <laughs> yep, there's a man who's looked at that website. That's the <laughs> how many days to since? today, how many days in between uh, website search. Mm. And, what uh, else did that website do? That's the only bit I know. Um, <laughs> Where to start with this match, David? I mean, you were commentating on sets one and three. Yeah. Well, mm. I mean, th- we can move swiftly on to three, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, f- first of all, set one, I think the the most important thing is that I found myself thinking about his tennis, most of all, rather than his movement, rather than his physical Yeah, well, I, I joined the match in set two and I said to you, could I, could you give me an assess- you know, assessment of set one, in particular, how is he moving? And he sort of said, I hadn't even really thought about that because he just looked, Sort of fine. He just looked like Andy Murray, to be honest, which is great, isn't it? Because honestly, I have been assuming this is the end for quite a while, to be quite honest with you. And I mean, look, he slaps people like me back down in his post-match interview on court. He he refu- he did not go for the emotion or any of that uh, in the post-match you know, on-court interview. He went for the, look, I, I like playing tennis and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. You know, it's kind of, I'm just going to do it. Instead of just beating the world number 28. Yeah. So. And I barely played. <laughs> yeah, it was... I don't think many many other people could have won that fourth set. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the... Amazing quote. It was a good... He played... A, it was nip and tuck that first set, and then he struck and he broke. And he was malfunctioning on his slice backhand, but most of the other shots were working pretty well. Uh, second set, it all started to click. And he was... He was toying, really, with with Basilashvili. And at this stage, Catherine, we, we were on the hill and there was a slightly strange atmosphere mm. considering what you've just said about this being Andy Murray's first match at Wimbledon for four years and now he's got a medal hit. This was quite a monumental thing he mm. was doing and yet it was kind of like he pulled off his his... His trick of his career, really, which is to make people think that Andy Murray winning is just how things are and how familiar it is. Is that sort of familiarity Mm. of Andy Murray being good is what he's done to British tennis, really. And it was kind of felt like, oh, we're back. Andy Murray, mm. two sets up. He's winning a tennis match. He's part of the big four. Yeah. I wanted to turn around and say... Do you guys realise what you're do you, watching? Do you, yeah, you're watching a bloke with a metal hip that everybody thought was showing up here to to wave, to yeah. wave and say goodbye. And maybe he'll end up doing that in the next match or the match after, I don't know. I mean, the recovery. But that is absolutely not what he was doing today. And no. we we came back to my flat in the, in the period of time when they were closing the roof. So maybe the atmosphere on the hill completely changed after Andy Murray squandered that five love lead (laughs) in the third set and ended up losing seven games in a row to lose that set. Um, But I almost felt like that was the reality check that the fans needed. 
Oh yes, it mm. did. Well, in order to, if you want to have the full Andy Murray experience, you have to be gnawing your fingernails down <laughs> to the knuckle. Uh, is is the theory? Yeah, my my dad turned to me and said, oh, "It's just like watching Tim Henman." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he in the third set, it felt pretty much Basilashvili was checking out. He was it was mm. nigh on tanking. I mean, he wasn't egregious, but he just. His mind was elsewhere. He'd he'd been broken down. That's how it felt. And Murray goes, five love up. All the shots are working. And then he played two quick, loose games. Lost his serve comfortably. Didn't get a match point. Next game, lost it comfortably. And then in the third one, because I'm commentating on this, in the third one, I, when he, he lost the first point, and I remember saying, oh, if he loses this game, it might get a bit tense, mightn't it? You know, and and Marion Bartley, who was alongside me, said, "Yeah, but he's still got an, another break as well. I, I think he'll be, he'll probably be all right." And I th- I thought he'd be all right as well. I thought he would. He'd. Fi- and then you suddenly saw Baslashvili get interested, mm. and he's going for his shots. Murray's netting balls halfway up the net, and is just looking like he's holding a a metal a, a, a stone club rather than a tennis racket it looks so tight yes he? and and he had no fluidity no touch nothing and he lost seven games in a row from five <laughs> love up he said it's never happened to him in his career before that that's happened but he also pointed out and this is something we talked about in commentary is that Maybe it's not that surprising. He just has gotten... There's no muscle memory to rely on about mm. how to close out a match. Yeah, he said, oh, well, to be expected, given how few matches I've had. And then he said, not many people would have won that fourth set. <laughs> <laughs> it was an extraordinarily brilliant post-match interview performance from, from Andy Murray. Um, yeah, he went asked what he did in the... Uh, roof closure break between sets three and four he said i had a shower i went to toilet (laughs) (laughs) not quite like that but you know (laughs) just a number one he pointed out i'm sorry to have to bring you that (laughs) that news um kim's face it would be remiss of me not to fill you in on on what andy had to tell us yes um yeah (laughs) and it was one of those special matches look it was excruciating to watch that third set with murray be so tight but it also was absorbing and i love those matches so much on a busy day of a grand slam when there's so much else going on and yet all the attention is on this one match. It's a special kind of match for that to happen. And frankly, you know, my attention generally, like I didn't even know that France and Switzerland yeah. were playing this unbelievable match in the Euros at the same time. I was just concentrating on Andy Murray, trying to close out his first win at Wimbledon in four years. And yeah, it was it was special. That was the beauty of commentating on the radio. And I was doing inserts in the fourth set into Five Lives live coverage of that France-Switzerland match and you've suddenly got these incredible sporting moments all happening Mm. at at the same time. But that I think that that's why I feel 
so moved by the return of Wimbledon from the pandemic because that crowd with Andy Murray fighting tooth and nail and obviously with his career having been so precarious and of course it still is but this was a moment of opportunity to celebrate Mm -hmm. this was the return of Wimbledon this was the return of Andy Murray and all of that combined was just the most intoxicating cocktail mm. of emotion for me. I felt it was a so lot, moved it? by it. Mm. Mm. Well, the good news for Andy Murray and people that are hoping for more of that cocktail is that his next opponent is yet to be decided because Os- Oscar Otter and Arthur Rinderknecht... I got that pronunciation wrong <laughs> in commentary then. Oh... <laughs> Suspended at nine all in the fifth set and will return tomorrow to resume that match. Could be a 70 68. Oh, yes. Who uh, knows? No, it definitely couldn't. Oh, no, they don't oh. do that anymore. <laughs> Catherine, we're about three years behind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. A- anybody that briefly there was hoping for another. <laughs> Is it, is, <laughs> Another is there, sort of five sets worth of Rinderknecht against Otter. Is there a limit on tiebreak lengths at all? No. no. So, so it could be 70-68 in the tiebreak. Thank okay. you, David. Yeah. Okay. Too Sorted me out there. We're a team, um, <laughs> But anyway, his next opponent will have even less recovery time than him. Mm. I mean, I thought they might put that match on mm. centre and just finish it off tonight, given the way I know tournaments like to keep you know ma- players who are scheduled to play each other mm. next on at the same sort of time and that kind of thing in terms of their scheduling and given there's only four or five more games left in it I thought they might but they didn't they they popped the Heather Watson match on court number one because that court finished quite early and Heather Watson um, I believed served for the match in the second set um, and ended up losing 8-6 in the third to lucky loser Christy Arn. So tough one for her. Um, uh, Katie Swan lost out to Madison Keys, but Katie Bolter got a win today in terms of British women. Garbini Muguruza won in 49 minutes today. 6-love, six 6-1. Six At one point, I think it was 6-love, five 5-love. Five mm. no, no, she didn't throw her a bone. Margaret Gavin Margaretha doesn't do that. <laughs> mm. She, I mean, I can only assume she was very, very good in that match yeah. against Fiona Ferro. Uh, Rublev won in four sets over Federico Del Bonis. Kenin won four and two today. Lynn Brody won six three six four six love against Marco Cecchinato. Look, I know Cecchinato is no clay quarter, um, but I'm yes. He is a clay quarter. <laughs> um, but I'm really chuffed for Liam Brody. Yeah. That's that's a moment for uh, him, well, I think. It's a huge moment for him. And also, you, you can't take away the sheer financial implications for the, these players. The, these sort of paychecks sustain them for, for, for a year, don't they? I mean, a guy like Brody, go back and have a listen to that show that we did with him last year where he's talking about just trying to stay on the tour mm. during that lockdown. And, I mean, it's... I don't want to say it's hand-to-mouth stuff, but he's not making much money at all. And in the last year, 
his career has probably started to become a bit viable. And, and you know, he's probably got, well, I don't know what the second round prize money is, but it's first, first round 48 grand. Uh, so he's probably getting best part of 65 or something like that, you know. Mm. And, and, and he doesn't do it for that. I don't want to reduce the achievement down to that, but it's, it's a consideration. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kevin Anderson will be the next opponent for Novak Djokovic. He won in four sets over Marcelo Tomas Barrios Vera. That's a, that is a, a name and a half. I'm quite glad he's out. Um, um, Anderson, <laughs> and no offence, but Anderson uh, led Djokovic, didn't he? Two sets to one overnight? Uh, yes. On court one a few years back, I remember. Yes. Yeah. And then they played the final three years ago, which, judging by the look on your face, David, you have wiped from your memory. It wasn't memorable. No. But it did happen. Um, it wasn't memorable. David, but it no. but it did happen. Um, what else happened today? Karen Hatchinov won, despite uh, some people's predictions. Was that your prediction? I thought Matt? we'd agreed not to do predictions. Okay, tonight. all right. Oh, I, I'd like the record to state that I did get my prediction correct today, despite a general disaster oh, in the overall for, predictions. You went for Fuchovic over Sinner. Correct. Something else David would like not to dwell on, so we won't. Danielle Collins won. I don't even won. know what I went for today. Uh, you Alejandro... went for Laura Siegmund. How did that go? Did she win? She lost in inside an hour, I think. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know that one. Yeah, one in three. Uh, oh, just move on. <laughs> for Alexandrova over Siegmund. Davidovich Fakina lost to Dennis Kudler. Um Dennis Kudler is still playing tennis. Apparently, Amazing. he's a really good grass court player. So yeah. I found out today from he's somebody been to the round of sixteen here a few times. I think, well, at least twice. I think he beat Dyla Dunn um, in Nottingham mm. as well. Yeah, uh, no Dyla Dan today, folks. But Dyla Dan will be back tomorrow. Poor Dan of Dyla Dan fame had his match. <laughs> against Feliciano Lopez, cancelled for the day because of the rain. So he'll be back tomorrow on a bumper order of play. I'll bring you that in a moment. Just uh, talk you through other notable results. Roberto Bautista, a good one in four sets over John Millman. Riley Apelka lost in three sets today to Dominic Kupfer. Only one of those sets was a tiebreaker. 6-2 third set. I just don't understand how Apelka loses by that scoreline on grass yeah, to it, Dominic Kupfer. It, it, I, I agree with you. That's a head-scratcher. And, and he, he, I remember he's, it's not the first time. You know, mm. he, he lost first round in uh, uh, Queens. Mm. I don't mm. get it. No, I don't really get it. I mean, I know Isner had that run to the semi-finals at Wimbledon, what was that, 2018. But Isner actually has, other than that, hadn't really had any very good results on grass. I think counterintuitively they actually prefer the clay mm. because they i think their serve is still just as impactful and yet they just it sort of helps the rest of their game which want, maybe just makes them feel better they generally. want the shoulder high ball don't they i mean well shoulder high for normal they don't people don't want to be bending down high for them but you know they, <laughs> yeah. they, they they like you say they don't want it around their ankles no. all the time uh, Rabatkina won today, as you said, uh, Matt Fuchovic beat Yannick Sinner, so he's a goner. 
And Victoria Kudamatova, this will make you feel better, David. I think I had Kudamatova in my quarters. And she lost 11-9 in the third today to Victoria Golubich. No, it doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about tomorrow's order of play, David? This might make you feel better. Um, because this is what we've got. Ash Barty against Carla Suarez-Navarro, oh, first yeah. up on centre. Now we're talking. Then it's Roger Federer against Adrian Manorino. Excellent. And then in the England v Germany shift, it's uh, Alexandra Sasnovich against Serena Williams. Right. Mm-hmm. I've no idea what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm doing... BBC Telly tomorrow, so I don't really know what I'm doing. By the way, uh, there has to be a chance that Federer triple bagels Manorino on a high from Switzerland's <laughs> win, don't you think? Oh, it's it's Switzerland France. Correct. It's a rematch. Or could Ooh. it be Manorino the just revenge. saying? Right then, Roger. He doesn't Federer. strike me as doesn't a revenge. Doesn't strike me as a right then, Roger Federer kind of guy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, to do what Kylian Mbappe failed to do. Adrian Manorino steps into the breach. <laughs> um, over on court number one, uh, Zverev takes on Greek Spore. Then we have Kerber against Stoyanov. Oh, it's, it's a Germany fest on court number one. Uh, Kerber against Stoyanovic second. And then Struff against Medvedev third. Oh, that one's going to be good. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's eyes on that one. Yes. Court number two, uh, Dan Evans against, oh, sorry, Dyla Dan Evans against Feliciano Lopez first up. Then it's Benoit Pair and Diego Schwartzman to finish. Schwartzman leading two sets to love. Then Coco Goff against Fran Jones. Luca Puy against Cameron Norrie. And Elise Corne uh, versus Bianca Andreescu on Ooh. court three. Venus Williams. Barbara Kruchikova, Vidasco against Dimitrov and Felix Auger-Aliassime. Shapovalov's on court 12. Kyrgios Bear is third on court 12. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah, it's, it's there's a lot, David. The, the, I'm... <laughs> well, loads of matches got cancelled today, yeah. didn't they? Or, I mean, I think that they made the right decision because they yes. have to send players home. But it was one of those where it starts to brighten up. <laughs> Start thinking actually you might be able to get a few more <laughs> yeah. matches in here. If you know. Goodness me, look, tomorrow is tomorrow is gonna to be an absolute treat. I know the forecast for tomorrow for tomorrow isn't isn't too snazzy, but um look if they can just get half or most of that played, then it's gonna be an absolute treat. Um because the tournament's caught fire and it will continue to burn brightly. I'm quite sure it's been uh, oh it's been a heck of a start to the tournament. We've we've absolutely loved today. We're buzzing and we're buzzing for twelve more daily tennis podcasts, twelve more newsletters after today. How's how's Matt's stat for today's newsletter, Matt? Don't give it away. There quite literally is nothing to give away. <laughs> Worrying times, 12.13 a.m., no stat. A a rabbit will be pulled from the hat, folks, don't worry. Um, We have Mocha, our lovely Chihuahua Cross mascot, owned by Dawn. We love Mocha. Uh, We have Billie Jean, sponsored by Billie Jean King. Uh, I think the the only... Oh, no, Matt, I was going to say the only one of us... That didn't uh, fail in the predictions today, but no, 
Matt's looking smug over there. I failed spectacularly. Apologies to Zeus. David failed, obviously. Apologies to Rogue on his behalf. He's looking sort of <laughs> too appalled to speak right now. Uh, Matt has only smugness to offer to Scales or Mousel uh, right now. We have Chris Albert Lee, our executive producer. David, it's okay. You get to go again tomorrow. Stop despairing. I don't know whether I can be bothered. <laughs> Matt, who are our shout outs for? Lindsay Hill. Like Henman Hill. Yeah. Like Henman Hill. Go on, Lindsay. Oh, that's great. Hello, Lindsay. Thanks for your support. Nathan Waddle. Right, Nathan. Like Chris Waddle. Different spelling. How do you know that? Because he often writes to us. Oh, right. Okay. He's very nice. Yes. I I often think he's good for the first like on Twitter. Oh yeah, he's he's he gets in there. And he he likes posts. Chris Albert Lee, like he's a top bloke. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for your support. And last one today is Willie Colon. Right, Willie. Oh, hello. How you doing? Thank you, Willie, for your support. Uh, thank you for listening to our first daily. Wimbledon 2021 Tennis Podcast. Second, if you count the preview, but officially it's the first. It has been an absolute treat. We can't wait to do more. David will pick himself up off the floor. (laughs) He'll be back tomorrow. He'll be pumped and he'll be making bad predictions again. If you want to read them, subscribe to our newsletter, leave us an iTunes review, tell your friends, wear your merch, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. 